I'm Chad. And I'm Cheese. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Our podcast covers news, startups, AI, automation, programmatic, and all the things the kids are excited about. (laughs) And then we drown it with a healthy dose of snark, attitude, and four-letter words. Subscribe to the Chad and Cheese Podcast today wherever you listen to your podcasts. There's a great book out there called The Six Thinking Hats by Edward de Bono. And Edward de Bono is one of those people who is really good at thinking about thinking about thinking. I mean, it's, it's insanely meta, but it's really smart. It's a good way of approaching how do you solve problems and how do you see the problems in front of you and how do you approach these ideas and these concerns and to, to really kind of get the most out of it. And, and to some extent, having read that a, you know, a million years ago and multiple times, it's really a really good book. It's a short book, highly recommended, and his stuff is always good. But as I'm starting this podcast, I'm realizing how much I'm stealing from those that, 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 that idea, that book. So here's what I want to talk about. Employer branding, because it's still relatively new here in the States, though it's differently, it's, <laughs> it's matured in a different way in the UK and in EMEA uh, than it has here, but I think these things are shifting. I, I, my personal pet theory is while uh, Europe and UK figured out the basics of employer branding much faster than we did, They've kind of stopped pushing they, for a while. They kind of said, "Okay, we're going to structure it and 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 strategy." Or stru- uh, what do I say? They optimized it and they put it in a box and they said, "This is what employer brand is." And eventually, we Yanks in the states kind of went, "Oh, hey, this is an employer brand thing. What a great idea!" Recruitment marketing has kind of stopped working for us to some extent, or it's, the value is no longer there like it used to be. So let's think about employer brand, and we have to invent it kind of having seen what the UK does, but now we get a chance to say, okay, let's reinvent, which is kind of cool. It really is. And not to say that the UK and me is done. They're looking at what we're doing and saying, oh, there's a lot of other ways to approach it. So I think there's a lot of great work happening on a lot of sides. But trust me, and I have this conversation at least weekly with one of my clients or one of my people I'm talking to or during the open office hours. And thanks to everybody for doing open office hours. Please keep subscribed. Please keep jumping in. I love talking to you about this stuff. Uh, and hearing your problems and hearing your concerns, and hopefully it's of use. Um, One of the things that I hear over and over and over again is my boss doesn't understand employer brand. And we talked a bit about this last week. We talked about this idea of employer brand fast and slow. But here's another way of kind of approaching what employer branding job is. And that really is, it is three different brains, three different hats you have to put on when you do your job. And we're going to investigate today, what are those three hats? where you might be incredibly successful and where you might have room or opportunities to become incredibly successful so that you can do your job really, really well and get everything you want in life because that's all I want for you. So we'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. And I've been doing employer brand for years now, and I absolutely love the industry. I love how it's growing. I love how it's changing. And I've tried to do my part to elevate the concept, to get everybody to understand the power employer brand can have in hiring, attracting, and retaining talent. So we try to really focus on driving home the idea that this is a calling and a craft. It's a lot of getting your hands dirty, but it's also a lot of big strategic thinking. And that's where we kind of live, that kind of uh, Venn diagram, the intersection between those the big ideas and the getting the details right. So we talk a lot about employer brand and how to do it right and how to think about it and how to look at your problems in a whole new way. Ready to rock? One, two, three, let's go. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis recording in Chicago live sort of from my dining room. Um, One newsletter, you should subscribe to that. It is not the same stuff I talk about here. It is 
articles from other places and, and really talk, trying to build a conversation. Uh, I want to thank Hung Lee and Recruiting Brain Food because that's literally where my inspiration came from. I think it's fantastic stuff. So uh, if you like more information about Employer Brand, go to employerbrand.news and do that. Otherwise, if you'd like to talk to me or ask me questions for 15 minutes about anything employer branding related, I have open office hours now. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, but really you just grab any 15-minute slot that's available. We talk for 15 minutes. You ask me as many questions as you want. You ask for my advice or you tell me what your problems are or you simply yell at me for 15 minutes. I don't know. It's it's a whatever. It's up to you. They're your 15 minutes. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can sign up for that as you want. So here we are back to this idea of the three minds of employer branding. That is, there are three, when we've talked about the core competencies and the skill sets that go into being employer branding and, and the article I wrote with Talent Brand, uh, 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 Talent Brand Alliance is all about the 16 core competencies, right? This idea that we have all these things we should be able to, that we should at some point be able to tap into to be able to do our job. And that's a lot, and I've already stated that no one is good at all of them or can do all of them, but what you can do is know where you're good and then hire to talk about where you need skill support, and that's great. But this is a little different. Because people, and by people, I mean our bosses, <laughs> still think about employer branding as this, hey, go solve the glass door problem. Hey, go solve a retention problem. Hey, go solve our lack of quality talent problem. What they're doing is forcing you into a box, and there's probably a lot of reasons, and all of them are weird, and none of them get me out of trouble, so I'm going to try and avoid them, but they're trying to put you in this box of being a tactician. That is, you have, you, here's a problem, go solve the problem. How quickly can you change that glass door score? How quickly can you change our referral numbers? How quickly can you increase traffic to our career site? How quickly can you increase sharing of our job posts? How quickly can you, and it's a problem you are given, and you go, hmm. I'm going to look at this problem and I'm going to solve this problem. So let's let's get off the glass door train for a bit. I feel like I've talked about that way too much uh, lately, uh, both on this podcast and in life. So let's talk about um, outreach. Let's talk about you. your problem you're being handed is that recruiters are getting diminishing returns on their outreach, their in-mails, their emails, their reach-outs, the voicemails they leave on phone people at some point, I guess maybe that's still a thing. Uh, they're just not getting the return and the response that they are used to getting. And that means they have to do more phone calls to get the same number of responses, which means that this process is now more expensive. This is a problem you can solve, and you should. So how could you solve this problem? How do you solve this problem of how do I get more people to respond to my recruiters? One, you could make your recruiters more famous in the industry they support. You're supporting uh, nursing, make them talk about nursing and the job of being a nurse and how hard it is to be a nurse and how rewarding and valuable it is and leverage the resources you have inside your company about nursing. Post that information, those articles, those podcasts, those videos to all sorts of various social channels where nurses may or may not congregate. Or even if the nurse doesn't congregate, nurses' friends might. And a friend might say, hey, saw this, thought of you, passing it along to you. And that's how you kind of build a sense of this recruiter is well-known and well-versed in the industry and thus worth spending time talking to. If I know a recruiter, let's just say I'm looking for a job and I'm in employer branding. If there's a recruiter out there who does nothing but talk about employer branding and how important it is to his clients or her clients and the companies they represent, and that person emails me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to talk to you. You seem to know what you're talking about. You know the challenges I might go through and you know what, how to position me and you're engaged. I'm absolutely going to engage with that person even if I'm not looking for a job rando recruiter calls me who I don't know from a company I don't know much about, guess what? Eh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm very busy. Thanks so much. 
That's not true for employer brand. That's true for almost every job. You're far more likely to engage with a recruiter you've heard positive things about. Same for the brands they represent. When the recruiter comes from company X, Y, or Z, you respond as much about the brand as the recruiter name. So how do you make the brand a little more aware? How do you make the brand look like a positive um you know, positive employer. How do you very quickly help a recruiter communicate that this is a great company to work for without saying, this is a great company to work for, which is what they usually say, right? So your job is to be creative and say, how do I, how do I suggest this idea that this is a great company that maybe they don't know it, but they should know it? How do I put that in? Is it a line in the subject? Is it a line in the, in the email? Is a little uh, a badge at the bottom that says somebody ranked us as the best place to work ever? Um, how do you do that? Problems to solve, problems to solve, problems to solve. And honestly, if I felt like it, we could probably spend the next 10 minutes coming up with other ways to solve this problem of how do you increase response rates? It could include channels you use. It could include times you send. It could include changing the subject line. It could include, hey, let's use emojis in the subject line because that gets more attention. Oh, but that might actually decrease our sense of credibility. So you have to balance those things to solve the problem. That is a very tactical mind. How do I solve the problem given to me? Great. And if you can't do that, you're going to have a real hard time as an employer brand professional, right? If you can't solve the problems you are given, you're in trouble. Just, it's not, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough gig. The next hat, the next mind that you need to tap into is that of a strategic mind. The first is tactical. The second is strategic what do I mean by strategy? Well, strategy is one of those words that are very hard to define, that are very, everybody has a different uh, kind of approach to it. I was literally talking to somebody the other day and they said, um, they mentioned this idea that every time someone uses the word strategy, they don't actually mean strategy. What they usually mean is planning, right? Let's do a strategic, let's take a strategic uh, approach to this, or let's, let's, uh, let's put together a strategy for this. That, what they mean is let's put a plan together. Right, and there's someone somewhere has a whole list of all the different things people mean when they act when they say strategy. They actually mean this. They might actually mean let's take a broader approach here. Let's take a step back, or let's take a second and have a second to think about this one more time. That's sometimes what they mean by strategy. I mean, I've had bosses who couldn't tell you the difference between a strategy and a tactic if you know all the money in the world depended on it. They simply couldn't do it. They just kind of conflated the two as think about it and do it as if it's all the same thing. And thinking about it isn't even strategy. You gotta, you, you know, for our tactical problem, we had to think about that. What are all the different ways we could use to solve them? Because at the next stage of solving the problem of how do you increase recruiter response rate is not only can you brainstorm 1,000 ways to solve that problem, which are the ones you can afford to do? Which are the ones that are going to drive the most impact immediately? Which are the ones, how do you stack them so that they're fighting with each other instead of against each other? Tactic, 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 tactic. Strategic thinking asks the question of, what is causing the problem? Can we change the system that changes the, is causing the problem? Why is it important we solve this problem? To whom is this important that we solve the problem? How do we solve the problem such that it supports a broader agenda and not just as a band-aid for this thing? You are applying a strategic mindset, a, st a strategic brand mindset to a problem. You're not just taking the problem and saying, I will solve the problem. You're asking the question of why. 
Why is this important? Why is this happening? Why is this a problem that should be solved by me? Who else could be solving this problem? Who else will I need to properly solve this problem? How do I measure that I've solved this problem? How do I make sure that this isn't a band-aid, but this is a system problem that is fixed, that is adjusted, that creates change? Those are strategic minds. So let's go back to the problem of recruiting, the problem of uh, response rates. Okay. Turns out that you can chart. Somehow you've collected the data. Maybe all your recruiters are using the same kind of outreach channel like LinkedIn, and they provide some interesting data on how people are using the channel and how recruiters are using the channel. And you can map on a day-by-day basis what their response rate is. Maybe you have to ask uh, LinkedIn for that data. Whatever. You're collecting that data. Now, you map that against stories in the news about your company. Let's say it's a very big company, and you're a very obvious public-facing company. You can see that when the news is positive, you've launched a new product, you've solved a new thing, you have an amazing new thing you're doing, your CEO just gave a billion dollars to somebody to save uh, Australia apparently this month. You know, that's the that's what we got to do. Or maybe we're going to stop the flu from getting out and getting spreading any farther or whatever. Positive stories. And it turns out that you can map that the positive stories increase your outreach email response rate. Conversely, when your C. Blanco was caught grabbing the butt of, C, of another C. Blanco's or an assistant and someone screamed and someone yelled and someone sued or a product failed or um, there's a story out about how uh, customer service is being uh, changed and how no one will get, you know, you can't call a, pro- a phone call, a f- make a phone call anymore and get solve a problem. Um, to this week in the news, you have everything from maybe your luggage company had a CEO where all the emails were leaked and suddenly you look like a jerk. Or perhaps you're a speaker company and there is a memo in which or you announce that certain products will no longer be supported and suddenly you realize, oh my goodness, this is a problem. And you can see that those negative stories correlate to a drop in response rates. Okay, suddenly... <laughs> Writing a better subject line is not the answer. Again, it's a Band-Aid. Maybe that helps a little. Maybe that nudges the needle one way or the other. But you can start to see, hey, this is a systemic problem. When the news is good and there's generally positive information floating about us in the internet, we can that we have a very good response rate. In fact, it's better than than it used to be in the average. In fact, if we had a good news day every single day, we'd have one of the best response rates for anybody. We'd have a great year. No problems at all. But if we keep putting out this bad news, guess what? No amount of trickery, no amount of technology, no amount of subject line manipulation and choosing exactly what time to send people stuff is going to solve the problem. You've tactically solved the problem, but strategically, you haven't. And that's why the strategy brain kicks in, right? It sees the bigger issues. It sees the causes and, 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 and how the problem manifests and how the problem can be solved at a bigger level. Now, Smart person might say, we can solve this problem two ways. One, we have a new strategy in which we release positive news generally on the same day every week. And we encourage recruiters who have now been given better subject lines and better messaging and some better stuff, and we say, look, the best day to do outreach is Tuesday because we're going to focus all our positive news on Monday and Tuesday. And we're going to try and keep all the negative news for Thursday and Friday. That is both a tactical solution and a strategic solution. In fact, those two things work in tandem to actually solve some problems and make a real impact. I can see that work and that'd be super cool. Okay, what is the third mind? 
The third mind is the one we talk about the least, at least as a concept, but we see it every single day. In fact, it's probably the number one complaint about employer branding people is this third mind. And the third mind is, okay, the first one was tactical, the second one is strategic, the third one is political, meaning you have been given this task of changing recruiter response, response rates. You've come up with tax, tactics that solve it. You've applied a lot of strategic thinking to understand the underlying principles that change and change the, the, the landscape around that problem so that you know when the tactical problems is solved. Great. Do you have the political juice mojo to tell the corporate communications team that they should focus all their positive news stories on Mondays and Tuesdays? Because that is a political problem. If you don't have a good connection inside the comms team, your amazing strategic solution is worthless. <laughs> you can, in fact, it becomes a hope and a dream and a wish, which is uh, exactly what those are worth. Um, if you can't convince someone else in another team with, with, again, with whom you have no direct control to do a thing that you need to get done to solve the strategic or tactical problem, you have a political problem. If you can't convince the CEO that changing your paternal leave to the bare minimum gets really bad when you try to tell everybody you're a positive place to work for women, you have a problem. If you are not believed by the, by the leadership, if you are not believed by other teams, if you don't have good relationships with people on other teams, if you have not spent the time to invest in those other teams, and by other teams, I don't just mean the CEO. You don't have to suck up to him or her. It can also be comms. It can also be marketing. It can also be your video team. It can be anybody who creates creative, you know, whether it's visuals or text or articles or what have you. Your social media team's in there too. You've got business leaders. If you can't tap into your business leaders to help them change, make minor changes, you're never going to change the problem. If you know that if you, let's go back to the original problem of recruiting uh, response rates. If your solution is to take a, make a, ask a recruiter to take a step before they send that outreach and say, do this, does this target know anybody inside our company? So that when you send the email, you can also ask one of those people who, that person they know inside the company to also send an email saying, hey, I hear you're being recruited by my company. I would love it if you worked here. That's a great strategic solution, a tactical solution. I think it's a great idea. But if you don't have the connection with the business leader to say, can you ask your coworkers to make this a priority? I mean, we're only going to ask, I mean, we're not asking everybody to spend three hours a day doing this thing. It's going to be occasionally we're going to ask them for this help. In fact, we might even write the email to hand to the staff member to send to their friend to say, hey, I hear you're being recruited and that's fantastic. I would love for you to work here, right? We might do all the work for you. But if the business leader has no connection to you and doesn't see your value, they're going to very much ignore your email. And the person you're trying to ask to do the thing is going to take their cues from their boss and say, uh, my boss doesn't care about this and thinks it's a dumb idea and thinks I'm wasting my time, so guess what I'm not going to do? The politics of employer brand is just as important as the strategy and the tactics. Now, by defining these three brains, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that one is better than the other. As we've seen, if you have no tactics, the strategy is worthless. If you have no politics, the strategy is worthless. If you, you can't have just one or two. If you have just the tactics, that's great. But if you don't understand the strategy or the politics that re, you know, create that problem, you're, you're, you're putting duct tape on, on the Titanic here. There's only so far you can do. In fact, you might be putting so much duct tape on the Titanic that you are sweating bullets. You are so busy. Your output looks insane. You're creating so much value by doing all this stuff and the boat still sinks. 
you need all three brains. And you need to be able to stop at any given moment and look at a problem and say, how am I solving this using the tactical brain? How am I solving this using the strategic brain? And how am I solving this using the political brain? And maybe you don't even frame it in a, how do I solve this? Maybe it's a, how do I approach this problem using this mind? Because for example, the political mind might not be about a, how do I solve it with politics? But you might start to say, what are the obstacles I'm going to face on a political front because I want to put this strategic or tactical solution forward, right? You can flip it. You can say, look, what are the tactical problems I'm going to face? Not enough resources, uh, you know, you don't have the time to put it together, you don't have the team to do it, you know, whatever it is. You don't have the platform to put it all together to reinforce the, the political solution you may have put forth. For example, on that one, because that sounds crazy, you've told a business leader that you will absolutely create a list of 1,000 people that they would consider qualified and client, qualified employees, or, or candidates rather, and you will email them once a week with some positive news stories about the company. So by the time that person needs to hire 20 of them out of nowhere, you will have created a great pool of validated, reinforced candidate prospects that you can tap into in a moment's notice, that you have been caring and feeding in that particular audience for so long, they already kind of love the brand and have heard positive things about the boss and have heard positive things about the team and have heard positive things about the company so that when the recruiter reaches out for those jobs, everybody they reach out to goes, yeah, I want to talk to that person. I've heard amazing things about them. But <laughs> you don't have an email system. You don't have a CRM. You don't have a way of collecting that list. You've now solved your problem politically, meaning you've gotten the, you've gotten the, the pol political buy-in from the people who want the help, but you don't have the resources and the tactics to actually manifest or to, to implement that solution. Just as big of a problem. In fact, worse, because now you've pissed off that leader by saying, by promising something you can't deliver. Yikes. So I don't have a solution here for you. It's not about that. Now go do this. But as you approach every single problem you face as an employer brander, take that moment to look at and say, what is the tactical solution? What is the strategic solution? And what is the political solution to solving this problem, to getting this problem solved? Not just to patching it up, but to turning it into a, into a, a, a value add down the road. Right? If you decide to have taken, going back to the recruiting uh, out, uh, outreach email, if you decide the strategic solution is to create and manufacture positive news on Mondays and Tuesdays so that everybody knows our sourcing and our outreach happens Mondays and Tuesdays when the positive news is out there, a lot of other knock-on effects may happen, right? People might start to store up their bad news for the week later in the week, and they might start to store up good news for the previous in the weekend. Seeing multiple positive stories at the same day may reinforce this idea, and it doesn't just help you from a recruiting outreach process. It helps comms teams, it helps marketing teams to have a sense of an anticipated flow of when the positive news stories are coming out, right? You're now changing the process where people don't saying, oh, how does this help me and how do I solve this particular problem? You're actually solving lots of other problems. And by creating the political connection with Marcoms and marketing to say, look, we're going to focus our energies on these certain days of the week with positive stories. Now they're going to come to you and say, look, that was a really interesting idea. It seems to have worked. What else can we do together? Well, guess what? Having solved the political problem, you've now opened up the doors to new ideas and new resources. That's as you move up that chain, as you go from tactical to strategic to political, the solving of that problem opens up new resources that heretofore you would not have access to. 
And not just resources, it's also problems. You're solving bigger problems, but that's a good thing. Those are good problems to have, right? So that's what I want you to do. Every time you come to a problem, every time you come to an impasse, every meeting you come to, every time you hear people complaining, look and say, how do I, sol- how do I help solve this tactically, strategically, and politically? And frankly, if you could map it out in a whiteboard, if you could map it out in your notebook and kind of reinforce this idea, you will find that you were no longer saving the same, solving the same problem over and over again. And many of us find ourselves in that. And it's a bit of a Groundhog's Day situation. And by the way, it wasn't Groundhog's Day just the other day. <laughs> um, you can stop that from happening. You can change the system. You can influence the system on your behalf slowly over time so that the problems you're solving are a higher order of problems, thus showing more impact, thus getting you the bonus and raises and promotions you deserve so richly, right? That's what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get you paid, buddy. <laughs> that's how I want you to do that's, that's my recommendation. Tactical, strategic, political. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, uh, reviews and, and ratings and all that good stuff, always positive. But really, just share it. Let me know that you love it. Let me know. Sign up for office hours. Ask me questions. I'm here to help. I really do appreciate everybody listening. So thanks so much, and I will see you next week. This has been an episode of The Talent Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, a couple ways to do that. Obviously, there's Twitter, at The War for Talent. You can go to the podcast website at thetalentcast.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news of this industry and what's going on, just go to employerbrand.news and sign up for the email newsletter with lots of news and links to other places. If you just want to connect with me on LinkedIn and just say hello or let's just talk, that's linkedin.com slash in slash the war for talent. Or I bet if you just search for James Ellis, I'd pop up pretty quick. Otherwise, if you have any questions, concerns, considerations, ideas for podcasts, holler at me, let me know what's going on. Thank you if you've shared it. Please share if you haven't. Rate us, review us. I love all that stuff. It really does help kind of keep the message going and get the message out there. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.